What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and a guy who knows quite a bit about getting the power to the ground and most likely using some FMF products himself, the sole proprietor of the collective experience. He's been on the show, oh, I don't know, about four or five times already. We'll bring him on one more time. Dave Drakes, how's it going? What's going on, Brad, man? She's ready to talk to Moto, get into these uh, 250 and 450s for uh, Glenn Helen, man. Excited. Absolutely. We usually end up getting to talk uh, for a number of minutes prior to the podcast, kind of uh, shake things out, get the uh, the conversation flowing. Today's no different, and um, I guess the, the conversation always has to start with the 250s, uh, the stepping stone class. We always seem to finish off with the premier guys. Um, and, uh, I know that you love to watch the two fifties. It's kind of one of, uh, like, uh, it's no small secret that, uh, a lot of times the two fifty class has some of the best racing out there. And this weekend was, uh, was no, was no different. Um, this last weekend, your, uh, your like one, one performance from Aaron Plessinger, uh, having to make some passes right off the hop, but for the most part, great ride from him. And, uh, what did you see out there? I thought it was an awesome ride from AP. I mean, you, you said it best, the 250s. I love watching 250 outdoors because those guys are just full of piss and vinegar, man. You know, they're, they're sprightly. They're a lot of young guys just going wide open, really not giving a crap about anything. So it's always good action. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see AP go 1-1 on a, uh, a track that you think would be kind of more suited towards Osborne, you know, riding that rough Baker's factory track and uh, doing pretty good in the but awesome, man. He really had some amazing lines. If you could watch the guy kind of go around, uh, you know, some of the hillier sections where he's just jumping down some of the braking bumps and just setting up his turns. Awesome. Linking his sections together. It was really, really masterful to watch that guy ride. Um, awesome to see uh, the top three kind of switch up a little bit. Where we had uh, Alex up there in second, and we had uh, Sabachi making a, picking his nose in there a little bit. And, uh, you know, Jeremy ended up getting uh, a really, really good result. Uh, I thought it was great racing, really all around great racing. As an Osborne fan, I feel a little gutted for the guy, but 
if I could have this every weekend, I'd be happy. Absolutely. And uh, you need a, a little bit of bad luck for somebody to kind of spice things up a little bit. And this weekend, it was Zacho's turn, uh, ending up on the ground two different motos. I think if not for that uh, slight mistake in the closing stages of Moto 1, he uh, definitely would have made the finish a little bit more interesting than it was. But hats off to Aaron Plessinger. The guy um, is is known for being great in the mud and the ruts and this, that, and the other thing. And although there were some ruts out there, probably a little bit more difficult than you or I would care to uh, to tangle with. But um, this was not a typical Aaron Plessinger track, I don't think. And uh, But he, he was able to make the passes he needed to, put himself in the number one ride, and... Um, Basically, road not not like a pressure free race, but uh, stayed away from uh, uh, the carnage and uh, and got himself a number uh, the a one one performance and a share of the lead. Him and Zach Osborne head into Colorado this next weekend, tied at eighty eight points apiece. It was it was really good to to, to see like a, a little bit of a mix up like that. I don't think we're really used to seeing Osborne kind of get contested like this um, in the past couple of seasons. So I know a lot of people were super excited, especially all the AP fans. But like you said, not a typical AP track, man. I mean, we saw in uh, Seattle, you know, when it gets rutted and rough and, um, you know, kind of one line, just, you know, two feet deep ruts, just filthy like that. He really starts to shine. But we haven't really seen AP kind of come out on a drier track that's not as rutted, uh, not as, you know, horrible, still, you know, Way more, way more bad than you know. You and I could probably master, but um, we're not used to seeing that guy really excel at that. I mean, he might get a podium here, but a, a win like he did this past weekend, um, it's it's pretty incredible. Especially seeing that he he's more of a um, Supercross guy, just won the Supercross title. Um, it's it's cool to see that him kind of back that up and kind of shut up some critics saying that you know I don't you know I, I don't think he's good outside of just the regular running type stuff or when it rains, blah blah blah. I was it was pretty cool to see that so um you know he had a little bit of pressure not not too much which which kind of a testament to him about the way he rode he got out front um put those laps in put his head down didn't really uh look behind him and 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 worry about who was pressuring him he just kind of rode his own race um put his nose to the grindstone and came out on top man it was that's that's the type of reason that i bet every racer wish they had Absolutely, and I'm looking at uh, the results here, and there's four guys, maybe even five guys, that uh, pop off the page at me as guys who could literally do exactly what we saw from Aaron Plessinger uh, themselves later on throughout this season uh, with a 3-3 ride from uh, Alex Martin. He had good starts. He was able to uh, put himself in a decent position, not quite uh, get the wins he needed to, but that's the, the speed and the consistency needed to be at the front of the pack and win races. I think he can do the same thing later on this year, uh, get himself a 1-1. And we know that the two-time champ, Jeremy Martin, is capable of it as well. Uh, Zach Osborne's already showed, showed us that he's capable of it, knocking that down last weekend. Uh, and uh, maybe throw a third guy, a fourth, a fifth guy into the mix in Austin Forkner, maybe being able to do the same thing if he's able to uh, kind of overcome some of his injuries a little bit that he sustained earlier this season. Um, this is turning out to be uh, a, a lot of parity in the 250 class. The top end talent 
uh, of these guys is uh, is pretty astounding. And I think not only is that creating great racing, it's also taking points from each other in a big way because you got guys like Justin Cooper, who at one point was leading race uh, this race, and uh, and like uh, he goes four seven. Um, and same thing with uh, Zach Osborne, like the the a two five. Obviously, not a day that he would like to uh, repeat anytime soon. But uh, just goes to show that uh, you need to be on your game to be at the front of this pack every single weekend. Exactly. Um, the stack, the, the field in, in the 250 class is just stacked right now. Um, first through 10th, they're all capable of coming out and just and clenching a win, you know, sneaking by and getting a win. And everyone's just kind of elevated their game a little bit. Um, I, I think I'm kind of eating my words when I said I think Osborne might have an uh, easier time about getting this fourth title. Um, these... These, these guys are just going too good. I mean, even like, you know, like a Savachi, or like you said, a Justin Cooper, who was logging some ridiculously fast times, uh, or, you know, Alex Martin, even all these guys can really sneak in there and start, start chipping away at some, at some points. And it's going to be uh, a, a good mix up. But like you said, as long as someone, you know, everyone stays healthy, uh, no one kind of run away, runs away with this thing. I think we're going to have uh, some really good back and forth racing where you see the, the guy from last weekend who got fourth, battling for a win and that same guy battling for a fifth the following weekend and somebody else in third coming up. I think it's just, uh, it's a really good time to, to watch some great racing and have a lot of guys who could potentially be, you know, podium finishers, race winners, or, you know, if they get a good run, maybe even go for a title and kind of snake this away from, uh, from Osborne. So, um, it's super cool to see rookies, um, like, like Cooper get up there and, uh, you know, like a Sexton start to start to get the ball rolling and, um, even Forkner sneaking in there, you know, kind of overcoming his injury last weekend and, uh, really starting to put some pressure on these guys. It's, it says a lot for the crop that's coming up and a lot for where the competition is right now. And, um, I think, even you know us and even some of the riders are just surprised about how many guys can can battle for a top spot. For sure, and I think there's even a few guys that haven't even really gotten warmed up yet. And that uh, by that I mean Joey Savacci, a six four on the day, a pretty quiet day for a guy who's uh, who's had the share of the lead leaving one of these uh, these races in the past. Um, what's your take on on Joey so far? Very quiet. So far in the, uh, the, the earliest stages of the season, not a whole lot of races that kind of jumped off the, off the page at us. This weekend, much of the same. Just, uh, I wouldn't say going through the motions, but uh, a little bit interesting. Yeah, I kind of expected Savachi to make some more noise than he's making right now. I mean, he's, you know, he's sticking the fender in here and there from the top five. And if we pan the camera back a little bit, you can kind of see him battling with, like, you know, Forkner or, um, or RJ or something like that for a little bit of these races. Maybe Martin when Martin's coming through. But uh, you don't really see him making those really aggressive passes or really getting out with a good start that, that all of these guys need. Um you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I'm not saying he's had a horrible start to the season, um, but I think he's going to have to do better than just, you know, bringing it home with some top fives and a top four and stuff like that. I think he's got tons of talent. He's a title contender. Uh, you know, he's hired by Mitch Payton and the PC guys for a reason. Uh, the guy can really ride a motorcycle. And I think if he wants a, a shot at, at getting a title, getting these guys' heads and really – putting his name on, on something again. He really needs to make a big push and, and uh, put his head down and ride with these guys. Um, I think Martin's kind of eating his lunch. He's riding really, really aggressive and, um, and, and, and doing awesome. Forkner the same. I mean, we saw AP kind of run away. Osborne, you know, 
for so much has been said about that guy. Um, I think he's, he's letting these guys just uh, get a little bit too much shine from him, and uh, he needs to needs to get out there and make it happen. Um, you know, like I said, not not terrible, but I expect more out of Savachi, and I'm hoping another couple uh, couple of races. Hopefully, Colorado a little bit after that, we can see him start to wick it up and start making these uh, these aggressive passes and start getting some podiums. Absolutely. So, uh, what what do you make of? Uh, a guy like Justin Cooper. He's so far shown unbelievable speed, uh, maybe not the uh, the endurance and the staying power that uh, is, is necessary to grab those podium rides, but um, once he develops that, is he going to be one of these guys that uh, is maybe a little bit of a thorn in the side of a guy like uh, Alex Martin, Jeremy Martin, who uh, I can kind of see him be a little bit of a spoiler later on this season once he kind of races himself into that uh, top flight shape not to say that he's not in shape but I think racing with these guys is just a completely other level him and I think Garrett Marchbanks are both going to make uh, a li- things a little bit difficult for some racers uh, that are that are battling for this championship later down the road uh, I, I think so too I think he's more than capable of logging off uh, some some really good finishes like a, a top three a second and I, I honestly think before the season's over we're going to see that kid nab himself a win um i think he's just riding too good he's got a lot of talent um he's a little bit more mature being a little older i think he's like 19 or 20 or so so he's not you know not in his head right now but i think once he gets the nerves underneath him and um like you said race himself into shape and kind of get kind of gets used to to Riding with these with these big guys and uh, knocking them around a bit, I think we could easily see him pick up a win. Um, he's he's just riding too good not to. Uh, March Banks, same thing. Big strong kid. I know he's got a lot of math underneath him. We might see uh, him looking like a Weston Pike pretty soon once he uh, stops his growth spurt. But um, it, those guys are more than capable of of mixing things up and really being a, a underdog or a dark horse in this thing. I think he's surprised a lot of people. I'm I'm pretty sure he got the uh, fastest qualifying laps. Um, at Glen, so um, yeah, you know he's got the, he's got the speed for, he's got the support behind him. He's in the same bikes that you know Cooper and uh, and Jeremy Martin went on. So I uh, I expect a lot out of this kid, especially seeing what he's what he's done so far. So um, I would not be shocked to see him come out with a podium or a, or a win in another couple of weeks. Absolutely, I totally agree. Um, the, the another guy that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, have some maybe uh, some some better performances or maybe some better results. Uh, and, and having to get some better starts to do so. Chase Sexton, uh, not the greatest of starts so far. Uh, I think 10-8 isn't exactly where he wants to be, not where his speed is showing. His average lap time is actually uh, showing where he should probably be closer to the top five. Um, if this kid gets a start in Colorado, does he have the, does he have the speed to, to run up front? I think he has the speed. Not 100% sure on the fitness right now. I mean, we've seen him kind of poke his wheel in a little bit in Supercross, and, uh, you know, we, we've heard about this kid in amateurs for a long time. So you, you know that speed and, and, and style and stuff like that, it's not an issue. I think going for the 30-plus-2 with these guys and making sure you hit your marks consistently every single lap uh, and not letting these guys see any weakness, I think that's really going to be uh, a thorn in his side or like a little Achilles heel for him. Um, He's still he's still quite young, but you know we haven't seen that consistency streak from him. We've seen him get a couple good finishes, but you know, its second moto is always followed by a little bobble, or the first moto is bad, and the second moto is good. So until we kind of see that kid start to really nail down his lines, hit his marks, get consistent 
consistent laps and consistent, you know, top finishes, top fours, top threes, top fives. I think it's going to be tough to um, to say he's going to be in the top three. I'm hoping, you know, he proves me wrong. And, you know, I'd love to see a, a sprightly young kid up there. He's just battling with these guys and, and throwing another another wrench into the into, into things for uh, for these title contenders. So, um, yeah, if, if he can really get his, his consistency down, really nail off some solid laps and uh, – and pressure these guys. I think I think he could get a top three, but um, I'm not 100 percent sold right now. I'm really I really need to see more from him. Absolutely, and uh, and we talk about the the depth of the field in the 250 class. Tons of rides out there. Uh, there's a ton of different teams that host uh, a, a number of different riders, and what that usually comes out with is that you have guys that are that hold down like big positions on top flight teams. That end up out even outside the top ten, and uh, and that can be said for all uh, for three riders on the uh, TLD KTM team. Um, Shane McElrath uh, sliding back to twelfth in the second moto. Surprised to see that. Uh, super quiet day for Jordan Smith. Both motos outside the top ten. Same can be said for Sean Cantrell. Um, like and and you, you can't say it's the equipment out there. Uh, uh, they see Jeremy or. Alex Martin going three three out there. Clearly, it's it's not the 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 equipment they're on. Um, like what what? How do you really explain uh, those three? Uh, other than the fact that uh, the other guys get paid too, someone's got a eleventh, uh, twelfth, and fourteenth. Like it's 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 tough to really say that they're not performing to their best. But uh, just a little bit surprising to see uh, those three guys uh, maybe a, a little bit further back than I would have expected. Exactly, especially seeing how you know we've seen these guys up front before. We've seen uh, Smith them, win. Like, you know, we've seen... Shane McElrath and yeah, Jordan yeah. Smith have led the points in one of the Supercross championships exactly. over the last two years. Like exactly, and they've come from third, fourth positions up to the up to the front. So you know they've got the speed for it. You know they've got the the endurance for it. They're I wouldn't say vets in this class, but you know they're not they're not spring chickens either. So. Um, these guys really, really know how to how to ride these bikes, and they they know the competition very well. So to see that is uh, is very surprising and almost borderline unacceptable. You know what I mean? These guys are they're they're paid well. They're on factory equipment, um, and there's there's no reason why they should not be in the top three, top five, uh, battling with these guys and doing what Alex Martin did and, and um, giving it to these guys and leading some races and stuff like that. So um, we've seen it before. Um, it's probably just an outlier race for them. It's just, you know, something was off. Maybe it was something that they were trying new on the bike or, or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I really hope I don't, we don't you know, continue to see this from these guys because it, it'll really start to, uh, you know, put a bad taste in the mouth about these guys and uh, really make you – Make make it think about you know just what's what's TLD doing that uh, that's hindering that hindering them from uh, from performing well and you know are they hiring the best group of guys right now so really hoping that they turn things around and uh, can figure it out because these guys uh, you know they deserve to be up front they have been up front and that's that's where they should be so um, yeah disappointing to see that for sure man I, I really feel gutted for those guys. Yeah, and honestly, like uh, Shane McElrath, he was at that the the front of that pack during the first moto. He I uh, wouldn't say he was holding guys up, but uh, it was a little bit difficult to make some passes out there. Not a lot of little option lines to to make a, a pass uh, at at, uh, at anyone's kind of at their will. Um, and, but uh, to to go basically, what I think happened a lot of, like in in the first moto is um, like pushing his pace trying to keep those guys at bay for what seemed like almost 20 minutes. As soon as that dam broke, 
um, that was that was basically it for for Shane for that particular moto. Like the, there's one guy that gets through, and all of a sudden five guys get through. You end up fighting for, for instead of fighting for uh, for fifth, you slide back to ninth, and uh, it, I don't know. I think that leaves a bad taste in your mouth and it's the, leading into the second moto. I'm not too sure if he got the best of starts either, but. Um, Nevertheless, I think better days ahead for uh, at least uh, one or two of the uh, the TLD guys. Uh, honestly, for Sean Cantrell, uh, it being his second year as a professional, fourteenth um, place in a pretty stacked field like this, not not nothing to sneeze at. I think the, there's still room for that kid to grow, uh, and and I know he wants to be up in that top ten, and uh, and maybe he'll be able to achieve that. But uh, for for Jordan Smith and uh, Shane McElrath, those guys need to be in the top ten every moto they need to be outperforming guys like uh, Garrett Marchbanks they need to be outperforming guys like Chase Sexton uh to continue to uh to have their spot I think I think honestly that's that's where those guys need to be exactly I mean and at this point in their career their their names carry weight you know we have expectations from Shane McElrath who led points for a long time and we have expectations from Jordan Smith who almost you know snagged the the Supercross championship, you know, when he was battling last year, 2017, right. with uh, with um, a, a few of the other 250 guys. So um, their names carry weight, man. You know, it, it's almost like seeing, you know, a, a really a really famous person doing, you know, TV commercials. You know, it's like what are they what are they doing? So um, I, I I expect them to be a front man. I mean, they've they've done it before. They give me no reason that they can't do it again. This is this is where they they need to be. So um, you know, and Cantrell, he's still a young guy. I, I I think he's got tons of talent. I really do think that he needs to start wicking it up though, and really start putting in some really some better uh, performances. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of other rookies in their second year, like, you know, a Forkner or a Cooper and those guys really, really making a name for themselves and pushing. And we really haven't seen that too much from Cantrell. He's had some, some decent rides, some flashes of brilliance, but we haven't really seen his breakout performance that really makes you go, wow, this kid is something to be reckoned with. So uh, hopefully we'll, before too long, we'll see that. Um, or else we might have to start talking about, you know, who his replacement might be for 2019. Absolutely. Uh, like uh, with, without some better performances, easily could see him uh, maybe uh, having to, to turn to maybe a support ride for next year or something like that. Like it's uh, the, the, those, those are coveted spots and there's always people gunning for them. Before we move exactly. over to the 250 class, the 450 class, throw it to commercial quickly. Uh, I wanted to just touch on uh, and a hats off to Martin Costello. Uh, he rides with that, uh, uh, racetrack Supercross team during Supercross. I believe it's the same motorcycle running that twisted development motor. And uh, 16th overall, great, uh, great finish for uh, for a, basically a full blown privateer uh, from Ecuador. 16, 16, 17 for 16th overall. He's beating guys like Dakota Alex, uh, Michael Moseman, Brandon Hartraft, uh, Challen Tennant. Uh, Enzo Lopes, like those guys are on. Well, maybe not Tennant, but like Tennant had a like had a pretty decent ride last year. I believe he was uh, contracted to ride for Star. Um, he uh, he was he, like he's got um, a, a great skill set. He struggles to make mains in Supercross, but outdoors with a full field was able to to put it uh, inside the top sixteen. I think that's impressive, and I also think that that's a, a little bit of a statement to uh, a lot of these guys who uh, put a big importance on Supercross that uh, maybe a guy like Martin uh, grew up making, putting a little bit more importance on outdoor skills and, uh, and then just like kind of um, like maybe these um, 
motocross factories, these these training facilities that we 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 covet so much, uh, maybe aren't putting enough uh, importance on uh, speed outdoors, and maybe that's a little bit of evidence of it when it comes to uh, the full field coming outdoors and a guy like Martin uh, not getting shuffled back as you'd expect. He's actually flourishing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Hats off to him. You know. We've kind of, we've all kind of had a, a front row seat to his tri- trials and tribulations with the uh, racetrack Supercross, you know, uh, series. So I think we all kind of know, like, you know, where where he was struggling, what his day in day out was kind of like, and to see him kind of put it together for outdoors is great. You know, um, he kind of had some some decent rides towards the end of the Supercross season. You know, uh, um, uh, LCQ win at Vegas and stuff like that. So it was definitely good to see that kind of pay off for him and the team. And uh, yeah, I know you know the team very intimately. A good group of guys there, Brad and everyone. So um, you know, great, great for them. Um, but yeah, it's it, it really makes you think. You know, uh, are we putting too much focus on on Supercross? Where you know he is beating a, a lot of guys. Man, hell, he's right behind Justin Hill. You know what I mean? And Justin's the last year Supercross winner. Um, so. Um, I, I I do think a lot of what is what is taught at these camps is more focused on on you know supercross type stuff because that's that's where the attention is that's where all the money is that's where the TV packages are that's where you're going to be seen the most um, so in that regard I kind of understand it but you know we also have a whole other side to our sport which is grassroots and it's motocross and um, the riding style is different the bike setup is different uh, the approach is different it's 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 almost it's a whole different world so um, I think the really good riders put a lot of emphasis on both. They equally respect supercross and motocross. Um, and I, I think, um, the, the riders that really, really shine, the new riders, kind of like a Forkner and a Cooper, they, they really have that background. So, um, you know, they, they put the time on the motocross tracks, they put the time on the supercross and they really, they really treat each one. Like it's, it's, uh, it's a prize, you know, which it, which it is. So, um, yeah, when we see a, a, a privateer or a rookie, um, kind of come out and show that in, in, in motocross, it's, it's a really big eye opener. Like, wow, you know, these guys are talented. It's just, you know, they, they're, they're talented in a kind of a different, almost a different realm or a different way. It's not just supercross that makes a good rider. It's motocross. It's the ruts. It's the, the elevation change. It's the undulation. It's, it, you know, it's the different soil types. So, um, I think if you just take supercross, you're kind of looking at everything through like just a, a small bubble, you know, you're kind of skewing your, your perspective a bit. So, uh, I think breakout rides like these really, really let people know that, Hey, you know, these guys are talented too. They're, they're beasts in their own right. And don't write them off too soon. You know, they, they might not get, you know, all these good supercross accolades, but they're still really damn good riders. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I said, hats off to a kid, uh, excellent moto, uh, finish. And, uh, and, and to be completely honest, I would have expected him to be much further back than he was and showing some speed heading into Colorado. Not too sure how many races he's doing, but hopefully he does many of them. We're going to throw it to commercial break right here on the big MX radio podcast show featuring, uh, ads from such companies as the collective experience, uh, a company you're familiar with Dave, but, uh, we'll be right back to talk uh, more about the four fifties right after these. Hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. In motorsports, the action pulls us in and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, Nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with 
Adam or Tyler at Dicknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. The collectivexp.com as well as the collective ex on Instagram is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. What's up, guys? It's Bruce Cook here with Nitro Circus. We're coming to Kelowna, B.C., May 25th for the Next Level Tour, and I'm so stoked to see you there. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have death-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, the Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus design team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. Hey guys, it's Fly Racing's Justin Brayton, winner of the 2018 Daytona Supercross. You're listening to the Big MX Radio. And we're back. Big MX Radio podcast show. And uh, I got to say, that is one incredibly well-written and well-performed uh, co- the collective experience ad that we just listened to in the in the the the, the commercial block there. Uh, whoever uh, was that wrote that and uh, produced it, uh, voiced it, and put it all together for you. That guy's just a talented individual. I was going to say genius, but yeah, you know, ta- we can go with talented individual as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and for those who don't know enough about the uh, collective experience, before we throw down to the 450s, uh, clue us in on, on uh, what, what, kind, on, what kind of uh, access you're able to bring to the fans who, uh, to, to, who support the, uh, the collective experience. No problem. Um, 
pretty much the collective experience is an all access um, opportunity for fans to really get behind the scenes, up person, close, uh, up, up close and personal um, with their favorite privateer riders. Um, they get a chance to really be a part of the team, go behind the scenes, touch the bikes, talk to the mechanics and the team managers, uh, review race laps, really, really be a, a huge value adder and a huge asset to the team for the day. So you get behind the velvet rope. Um, people are interacting with you all day. You're getting spoiled with a, a ton of, a ton of free swag. Um, you're making those connections in the sport that are pretty hard to obtain. You're meeting with gear guys, you're meeting with trainers. Um, you're getting to, to really rub elbows with some, some incredible heavy hitters in the sport. So, um, it's, it's a really good opportunity for those diehard motocross fans, or even those, those those, those fans who are who have dreams or aspirations of going pro one day, it's a really great way to get your foot in the door and make these connections that are going to take you throughout your career. Um, and the best part about our, our, our program is that um, over 70% of what we raise goes back towards the riders. So not only are you having a kick-ass day and making connections, really living your dream, but you're also helping the sport, keeping the sport grow, keeping it healthy, and um, and supporting the working-class heroes. So uh, I think we do a great job with it. We've got great supporters. Uh, like Big MX Radio, um, and uh, we want to keep it going. We've got uh, experiences at select rounds for outdoors with Brandon Scharer and um, and Henry Miller and the Trigger Racing Team, and uh, we've got we've got more to be announced. So if you're ever interested, check out uh, at the Collective EX on Instagram, thecollectivexp.com, and we will be sure to get you hooked up and uh, and get you behind the scenes. Right on, my friend. And uh, just a quick, complete side note, and I'll put you completely on the spot. Uh, are you coming up here for uh, the the Minidosa round for uh, the Triple Crown Series? It's uh, June 16th, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to do my best. I've actually had a crazy busy week with training and a ton of testing. So um, with my yeah, normal 9 yeah. to 5, I, I, totally, I totally plan to. Uh, I even told... Uh, you know, Andy from uh, FXR that I was going to make a few of these things. So you I got hope a place I don't make to stay, man. A liar. I know, I, I know. You know, I love Canada too. I love the racing up there. So if if I don't, I'm going to be kicking myself in the ass for a long time. So I'm going to do my best to get up there for sure. Fair enough. Well, let's dive into the 450, <laughs> shall we? Keep people waiting uh, long enough. The 450 class uh, is not as deep as the 250s. Uh, you, you cannot look to the, the back half of the top 20 and still see guys that are on top flight teams. That's just the facts. Um, in fact, you have some guys that are in the top 10 right now that uh, are either gypsying around, having somebody else haul their bike around, or they're a complete privateer from New Zealand. Um, but the, whole, the real story from this last weekend was uh, Eli Tomac's 1-1 performance, and maybe more than just the 1-1 performance, the last 10 minutes of Moto2, where uh, it looked like Jason Anderson was going to uh, win his first moto of the, the summer. Uh, it was the only moto I believe he won last year. Maybe he had one at Muddy Creek or later on la- last season. Either way, um, he was he won the first moto or the second moto in Glenhound last year. It looked like he was going to do the same this year until about three minutes to go or th- three laps to go when Eli Tomac dropped the hammer, caught him, passed him, see you later. And uh, that was impressive to me. I was... I don't get too excited when I'm when I'm watching the, uh, these races, uh, just kind of watching them analytically. But when you're when you actually just see a guy uh, just absolutely drop his lap times, go catch someone, see you later. Uh, that's uh, that's motocross right there. That's cool to watch. It's yeah, it, it's it's the it's the best that we could ask for. You know, watching that guy kind of navigate a track that has given other people just 
headaches and nightmares and watching him kind of dance around and wheelie up these hills and, you know, jump into corners. It's, just, it's, it's pretty remarkable. So, um, yeah, watching him in the, the last, the last few laps of uh, the second moto was just absolutely incredible. Uh, I was kind of pumped for Jason Anderson seeing, you know, him kind of finally getting the, uh, try to get an overall possibly, or, or get his, his foot on the podium a little bit. Um, and man, just the, the way that Eli was able to knock off, you know, two or three seconds a lap and just really find these, like these really hidden lines. That was really awesome to, to, to watch. I think a lot of kids are taking notes about what to do when you get up to the 450 class, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it makes, it makes fans like us just like super excited just to see that type of riding and that come from behind victory and, um, really shows that that Eli's a fighter. He's a bulldog. The guy can't be denied. Right now, he's you know he's creaming the crop on the 450 class. I think these these guys are really uh, having a hard time keeping them, keeping him behind them, and um, it's, it's he's almost killing morale, man. It's, it's, I feel bad for Anderson who's out front for so long, and in the last few laps, it's like hell. Where did, where'd this guy come from? You know, I had a huge lead, and um, I, I think that really solidified uh, that this is Tomax title to lose the way he was riding, not taking anything away from Muskin and, and Anderson and the rest of the guys, but Tomac just found a different gear and he's, uh, he's on a tear right now. For sure. And, and if, if you're uh, Jason Anderson, you got to think to yourself, like I, at one point I had a 10 second lead. Uh, I think what really uh, was the kind of the story of that last little section of the race, those last 10 minutes or so, the fact that at one point it was 10 seconds, it was reduced to eight but then grew back to nine seconds. I think at that point, maybe Jason got uh, thirty the, the, the pit board saying that he had regained, uh, regained a little bit of his lead, and maybe he relaxed a little bit there, thinking like, oh yeah, I got him. He's, he's, he's kind of given up for the race. And literally that next lap, it went from nine seconds to six, six to three, and I think that Eli made the, the pass on that next lap, and uh, I really don't think that Jason saw that coming. Not that he didn't have more in the tank to fight that off. I just think that it came up on him so quickly that uh, he wasn't able to react to it, wasn't able to, uh, to make something special happen to, uh, to fight back and, and preserve that win. But still, a, a great performance from uh, the Supercross champion. Uh, a 4-2 is good for third overall. Uh, Marvin Muscat, a bit of a quiet day considering that uh, he wasn't uh, really in the fight for the lead of the motos in either one of them uh, for, for the fact that uh, Ken Roxon had the lion's share of the lead in the first moto. We'll get to him in just a second. But Jason Anderson leading the bulk of the second moto. Quiet day for Marvin Muscat, but they don't ask how. They ask how many, and when it comes down to it, second points for uh, for the series so far, second on the day, two in a row, and uh, doing what he needs to do to uh, stay within the fight. And uh, if, if Eli does make a mistake, he'll be right there to pounce. Exactly. Uh, I, I kind of expected uh, Marvin to put up a little bit more of a fight. I always kind of pictured um, Glenn Helen as being a very kind of Euro-style track with a lot of the hills and breaking bumps, and the fact that this track gets a little bit rougher than most, uh, say for like a Southwick or a Millville, um, I kind of thought that I'd see Marvin kind of dancing around the track a little bit and getting those creative lines going that we saw Eli kind of, uh, kind of connect to and hit on. Um, so I, I, I kind of thought we'd see more of a, you know, one v two the type of fight. Uh, but still, I mean, nothing to, to, to snark at, you know, a two or three is awesome for a second overall. This is what Marvin needs. He needs to keep himself in the points chase, keep himself uh, as close to Eli as possible. Um, if you can try to, again, like we talked about last week, mimic some of those lines, see where he's making up some time, 
um, push through these sections that Eli's pushing through. Um, but still, you know, hats off to Marvin. Great ride. He's doing the, the best type of damage control, which is, you know, just getting up, up as far as you can. Um, and I think before too long, we might see him start to start to inch a little bit closer and, and uh, do a little bit more, uh, more work on Eli. So, you know, um, again, great, great finish for him. Good to see Anderson up there. Really happy to see a, a white bike kind of putting its, its nose in there and, uh, trying to, trying to get in the podium. So, um, I think these guys all had a, had a great day. I would have loved to have seen Anderson kind of sneak off that win to kind of shake things up. But I mean, that just makes next weekend that much more exciting. That it will, and, uh, and 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 honestly, I think it's going to take a special performance for somebody to uh, to take this away from Eli, or maybe perhaps a mistake from him. We've seen that in the past, but uh, less outdoors than in, uh, to be honest. But um, honestly, for me, the story of the day uh, was the the resurgence of Ken Roxon. Not only did he lead. The first 20 minutes, he wasn't holding up Eli Tomek whatsoever until uh, Eli decided to really drop the hammer and make a move. I feel like they were they were uh, matching each other blow for blow uh, for the first 20 minutes of the moto. Uh, a third place in the first moto. Uh, and then uh, after having a small issue with the motorcycle, obviously it turned out to be a, a rock between the, the caliper or the, the, the disc guard and the disc. Uh, giving him some, like, maybe it's like, the last thing you need uh, jumping uh, uh, 80, 90 feet through the air is is a sound that you're not too sure of. Uh, comes off, re- regains the track in 18th, come back, comes back to 8th place. Um, a, a, like a, this is kind of like an encouraging start for Ken Roxon. And I think a lot of people were kind of thinking that he was going to take these first few rounds to slowly get back into things, but uh, he looked racy. He looked like a guy ready to... Uh, Maybe after the break, after Colorado, a guy that can actually come up there and uh, and, and battle for wins. Exactly. Is it safe to say Kenny's back yet? Because I want to say Kenny's back. You know, being a huge Roxon fan, um, he, he, I'd say he's almost he's ninety eight percent back. Ninety um, four. Yeah, that was ninety. I like even better ninety four. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was I was pumped with the way he rode, and you said it best where he he wasn't holding him up. He was ahead of Eli, but Eli was having to work to get around him. So um, that, that really says a lot, especially him coming off of injury. Um, I heard he's still a little, a little on the sore side, not hundred percent up with his fitness. So to think that that was all just kind of talent and just grit, keeping him up, up front, man, that's, that's pretty remarkable. Um, I'm excited to see what happens after the break. Like you said, once we, once he kind of gets some wind back in the sails, we get a, a little bit of a break, some more training under his belt. Um, but yeah, that was, that was absolutely awesome. Great to see, uh, a Honda out front too. I mean, we know that's a relatively new bike. So, uh, to see that the development is working behind that thing is really, really cool. Um, but yeah, second moto kind of felt gutted for him, but I mean, that guy did damage control. He came all the way back from pretty much last and got eighth. So, I mean, and on a track that was less than ideal by the end of the day for 52nd motos, that track was a, was a battlefield. So, um, double props to him on that with a, with a bum wrist and, you know, all the stuff he's went through. So I'm really excited to see what happens. I would not be surprised to see that guy clock off a win here before too long. Uh, he's going to have to ride like how to do it because Eli seems like he's riding, like he's endowed with some type of magic potion or something. Um, but, but yeah, and great to see the 94, um, making a name for himself again and, and doing it for his fans. So hats off to him. Absolutely. Same with a, another great ride for Justin Barsha. Uh, not as spectacular as his 3-3 ride 
from Hangtown, but keeps himself well within the top five and uh, and within that championship discussion. Um, and, and honestly, a track that maybe uh, like he's done well at in the in the past and uh, like uh, not uh, like a like just typical Barsha just flying day where he where he just uh, like he just jumps off the page at you all day long. He's 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 just like ripping up those hills and swapping everywhere. Just a, a consistent day for him. I think that's kind of what he needed to uh, to get through. Maybe he wasn't feeling the most com- like the most comfortable out there. I know he's doing ninety nine percent of the testing on that machine, so uh, it's a good on him. Uh, and also, honestly, uh, Weston Pike, a guy who um, like. As I said earlier, uh, I was joking, we were talking about this the last podcast, uh, after the first moto or the second moto, um, like f- him and B- Benny Bloss, in my opinion, very close in speed, very close in, in ability, and they literally go 5-6 in the second moto. Uh, those guys are pretty much interchangeable, uh, and, and they're doing so at, a pretty, at breakneck speeds. 7-5 uh, is good enough for sixth overall, and uh, the, the, the top Suzuki on the day, not bad. Yeah, good on Weston Pike. Uh, we said it last weekend. Guys, underrated, I think. Um, you know, the fact that he's able to get these these great starts and finish up front, being as heavy as he is, man, that gives big guys like me a lot of you know a, a lot to look up to. So, oh, yeah. uh, I don't I don't have many I don't have many excuses at the track now. I can't blame my weight. But, Not um, at all. I, I would more or less <laughs> blame uh, your carbureted four stroke uh, that you currently ride. Yeah. That would be most most likely what's holding you back. My my ancient lady, I'll I'll eventually get a new bike. I have to earn it first. You know, it keeps me working. Um, maybe I'll get a Western Pike replica bike. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe. I, I gotta, maybe. I gotta, maybe. I gotta you, you you definitely do need a new two hundred and forty pound Japanese girlfriend. That is for sure. Um, <laughs> running out the the rest yeah, of the top ten definitely. here. Blake Baggett, not what he was looking for. Apparently the the bike was feeling better, but. Uh, Total damage control in the second second moto. He finds himself on the ground racing with no grip. The fact that he was able to get ninth, hats off to him. Great ride on that. Uh, from that standpoint, Phil Nicoletti, ten seven. Although it, like in in this field, it, it is a is a half decent day for a guy in Phil's uh, in, in a fill ins um, situation. But you know that Phil Nicoletti in this field. Uh, should be nipping at the heels of the Weston Pikes, and honestly, uh, later on in the day, uh, would be would be battling with guys like Ken Roxon in his current condition. So you want you know he wants to be closer to the top five. Uh, great ride from from Cole, uh, Kyle Chisholm. It's not often that you go eleven eleven for ninth overall. It's usually nine nine for eleventh overall. Honestly, uh, so uh, it, that kind of is indicative of some up and down performances from other riders. Um, Benny Bloss finds himself inside the top 10 for the second moto, a bit of a scary crash in the set in the, in the, in his first moto. And, uh, same thing for, uh, for Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Cunningham, um, a great first moto and a big crash in the second moto. That's kind of, uh, how, uh, Chisholm ends up going 11, 11 for ninth. Uh, and then you've got the New Zealander completely right, driving a, basically out of a, a, a sprinter van. Uh, Cody Cooper comes in. Uh, and, oh, no big deal. Just get uh, go sixteen ten for tenth overall. Yeah, awesome ride on Cooper, man. Um, you know we've seen the guy last uh, some seasons ago. It seems 
uh, not too long ago, but it, it actually is showing our age a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, the guy's super talented and it's really cool to see him kind of make a stop every year to, to do some of these, um, you know, first through third or fourth uh, rounds in the series. So um, shows off the guy's talent, you know, he can still keep it up in the top 10, run with these guys, even though, you know, he's, he's removed from the, from the racing most of the year. So um, really cool to see that. Um, Again, two weeks in a row, I really wanted to see Baggett up there battling, man. After, after uh, what, seeing what he could do last year, really feel gutted like he's not doing himself a service with these uh, like falling and, and only getting a top five, man. He's capable of so much more, and I think he's a legitimate title threat. So seeing him up there would be really, really cool. Um, Nicoletti, I think he said his best. Uh, he really should be nipping at those you know, top five spots, top six. Um, doing a tenth really isn't doing justice to him uh, or the JGR Philbin ride. You know that bike is capable of a lot more. You know those guys are those guys are winners. So um, be really really cool to see that to see that uh, that bike up front and, and starting to do uh, uh, what we know Phil can do. You know uh, we don't think we expect him to you know log off any wins or anything, but we do expect him to run up front for a little bit. You know like get a top three start kind of work his way around these some of these guys end up with a fifth i mean that's very capable for phil i think it, it's uh it's a very respectable and a really good spot for phil and Ryder to do um and chisholm hats off to that guy with the top 10 you know he's a vet in this class and he doesn't get many of them and uh it's, it's great to see um see somebody from you know uh the the stewart era still kind of hunking around and um and, and making a, making a name for himself still and, and keeping his fans happy so um, congratulations to him, and uh, yeah, I feel super gutted for Blos, man. Uh, that kid is is really a force to be reckoned with, um, right on par with with Pike and and, uh, and Nicoletti and those guys. And uh, that that crash he had looked pretty gnarly. You know, I think he said he heard his knee kind of go out a little bit or something. So uh, hopefully he's he's uh, a little bit better for next weekend and come through and uh, and get some good finishes. You know. For sure. It looks like he was uh, no worse for wear. He ends up sixth in the second moto. The crash was in the first moto. So uh, he's, 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 I'm sure he'll be uh, back at it full swing for uh, Colorado. Of course, there's some pretty deep ruts, and he's got those long legs. So uh, he'll have to try extra hard to stay out of those. Um, yeah, two guys exactly. that I wanted to mention, actually three, uh, before we uh, wrap up the 450s. Brennan Shar, who uh, is part of the Collective Experience um program uh he goes 12th overall with a 14 13 a great ride from him a guy who uh struggles to to make main events uh in supercross ends up uh, just outside the top 10 outdoors that's a great position for him of course we mentioned earlier that the maybe the field is not as deep as it was as it was but uh it's not it's not brandon's fault those guys aren't there he's got to do the best that he can and on the day it was a 12th so hats off to him same thing with dylan merriam a guy who uh, uh, has bounced around a little bit this year, racing a 250, racing a 450, uh, 450 outdoors. I think uh, he might, he would have had a much better opportunity to uh, increase his position uh, if he hadn't had an issue in the second moto. But uh, a ninth in the first moto, that's got to be a career best. Yeah, it's awesome to see these privateers doing good, especially the guys that you said that are kind of have they, they have a hard time in Supercross making the mains and. Uh, you know, you hear their names here and there, but you really don't see them, um, you know, in the top 10 or top 15 too much. It really, it, it's really great to see them um, kind of putting their name out there and, and walking off these, these good positions. It's got to, I, I know 100% it's a confidence booster for both these guys. Um, 
I know it really helps them with their program for next year, getting support and stuff like that. So really, really great to see that. Um, you know, they, it, like you said, it's it's not as stacked um, as you'd like to see it, but still, you know, a, a top finish inside a 450 class is a top finish. So, um, yeah, hats off to those guys. Congratulations on that one. And uh, let's hope we can see it see it kind of progress where they can start solidly getting in the top 10 and, and sneaking up to where, you know, the Cunningham and the Cooper and the Chisholm are, you know, and, and uh, start – start kind of being a, a little bit of a, of a, of a pain to some of these factory guys. I think that's, um, that's when we really start to um, kind of bring the best out when we kind of, you know, see the privateers making a, making a big run for the front and, and uh, the field starts becoming more and more deep and we start raising some more eyebrows uh, about some of these younger kids. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. And uh, let's hope that we see more of this. I think, I think we will. And uh, now it's my opportunity to, uh, step up to the table a little bit and eat some crow. Um, I was uh, a little bit skeptical of the move to put uh, uh, Alex Ray on the 450 uh, factory bike from Yamaha. And, uh, and I, honestly, for the most part, I still stand by my, uh, based on the video that we saw, stand by my, my, uh, um, my assumptions that he was going to struggle. Uh, and uh, obviously 18th, is uh, 18th overall is is a great position for Alex. I don't think he's ever scored points in uh, in in na- national motos. He does so in both motos. But honestly, um, I'm not too sure what I was most impressed with going down on the first lap and pretty much being 40th uh, in the on the first lap and coming back to 19th, or during the second moto enjoying a better start and actually running ninth at one point before falling back to 12th. Uh, a pretty decent day for for Alex Ray, given the fact that uh, he's got limited time on this motorcycle, and, uh, and 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 admittedly, maybe not the the best tester in the world. The guy's got the opportunity of a lifetime to uh, to enjoy a factory motorcycle, and uh, and 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 did so quite admirably. Eighteenth uh, overall, probably not um, as uh, as much proof of of the day that he had. Actually, a pretty good day for Alex Ray. Uh, exactly. Um, you know, Alex was on the program last year, and he's a, he's a good dude, hard worker. Um, really stoked to see him get this opportunity. Um, we hope that you know the season goes good for him, and he uses it to its full his full advantage, and really makes something happen from this. Um, last, you know, like we talked last uh, last week, and uh, there's a lot there's a lot of skepticism from you know you and myself and a lot of people in the industry to see like you know can this guy fill these shoes uh, of these past champions who have ridden that the full factory Yamaha. And I think uh, this weekend really proves that, you know, he's ready. He made the, made the, the commitment that he, that he needed to make. And um, he, he really uh, showed some, some flashes of brilliance. So uh, let's hope that it, can, it continues. And I hope that he gets more comfortable with the bike, gets more use of the team, um, puts the training in that he needs to, that, that really works for him and starts to log off some more consistent top tens. Cause you know, if uh, we've seen it before, if you can really gel with the team and really, uh, really provide for them, some top finishes and really show your best self and kind of get some top tens, maybe a top five, show a fender here or there that could pay dividends for next year. You know, it could be another filling opportunity, um, could be more support from a privateer standpoint, which is still better than, you know, eating, you know, spaghetti and, and meatballs out of a can and, and sleeping in the, in the trailer at night. Um, it's, um, it, it really, really helps with these privateer guys once they do, drop back down to the privateer status. So um, good good job to Alex Ray. I hope he can kind of uh, milk it into next week and start to build a solid foundation for himself and, and really show people that he earns that ride. Absolutely. And, and like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I, I was skeptical of this move. 
putting a guy who's never gotten um, and of course the, like 2018 he's completely righted the ship as far as his fitness his performance on the motorcycle surrounded himself with the right people uh, but it, it's it's a huge roll of the dice to put a guy who's never scored points in a national moto on that motorcycle uh, of course they just they need a bike out there and they want to they want to give it to somebody who's been working hard um, but at the same time like I was seriously like one eyebrow raised what's this guy gonna do with it and uh, rode immensely better than I expected and uh, great to see the 91 doing doing well out there Alex Ray is uh, is a guy who uh, always has a smile on his face out there always has time for people and uh, and good on him absolutely fantastic more probably gonna see more of that to come uh, I assume that we'll see him uh, in in Colorado high point and I wouldn't be surprised to see him at uh, at Muddy Creek as well uh, thinking that uh, we won't see Cooper back until uh, Redbud yeah, um, you you said it. You said it great. Um, I I really hope we see him at at, at more races. Um, he really stepped it up for for this year. I mean, we we saw him go from what was it last year barely. I mean, barely making a, a main here or there, struggling. Um, had a hard time with his fitness and put his head down. Worked with Davey Millsaps and the guy up his program to a, a solid a solid um, main event. Um, guy you know all, all of supercross so uh even a few of the privateers talked to me like man alex is like i find another gear in a whole other level he's his fitness is up he dropped some weight um he's got his bike dialed in and he's he's not afraid to really ride aggressively which is awesome had great support from cycle traders so um 2018's really 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 been good to alex and uh, like i said before i just really want to see the guy uh use opportunity to 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 get some good exposure, to get out, to get out, uh, battling with these guys up in the, in the top uh, top end of the race, and um, really uh, set himself up for for 2019 and beyond. So, more more privateers could kind of do that and and make a name for themselves that way. I think our sport would be uh, a lot better off. Absolutely, he's a, definitely uh, an example of uh, hard work paying off. Um, one small note before we get out of here: uh, two 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 mall two notes actually. On one hand, uh, the two strokes were back. At one point, Chris Aldridge running as high as a top 10 position, um, which was unbelievable. On basically a box stock KTM 252 stroke um, stock exhaust system on that ma- that machine. Like, I think like the only thing that he might have had that uh, that doesn't come uh, come built on the KTM was the the golden tires that he was running on that machine. Um, Unbelievable ride for him. He goes 18:35, unable to finish the first moto or the second moto, but uh, either way, awesome ride for him. Great to see that two-stroke out there, and yet another uh, injury to this 450 class. Uh, the exit of Christian Craig, understanding that he now has a knee injury, most likely will not be back from Colorado. That's yet just one more guy uh, in the 450 class we will not be seeing on a regular basis. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's a it's a huge blow to a class that's already kind of lighter right now. You know, we've we, you and I are talking about it. There's no Bogle, there's no Tickle, there's no Cooper. I mean, there's no Dino. Um, a lot no of guys are, are, yeah, no Malcolm, no Malcolm. You know, I I could put on his gear and make a make a good impersonation. Yeah, his speed will be down maybe yes. maybe a hundred percent, but at least we'll get some autograph sign. Um, but you know, we 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 <laughs> we definitely uh, we definitely uh, we, we, we can't 
kind of give away some, as much riders as we're giving away right now. It's um, we need to, as many guys in there sticking a wheel in and making this thing interesting as possible. Um, if, if not, we could just see a, a four rider battle between you know Anderson, Muskin, um, Tomac, and then and Roxon. So uh, let's hope that we you know no everyone else stays healthy. No one else kind of goes home on the uh, on the the EMS ride and. Um, we, we keep our riders healthy because it's definitely, it's definitely a shock to fans, a shock to Honda. Um, and this whole thing opens up a whole other question. Now, is Honda going to do a fill-in ride? And who is that fill-in rider going to be? Um, there aren't too many privateer Hondas out there that are um, capable of, of putting that bike kind of where it needs to be. Um, I'm hoping that maybe like a uh, Ben LeMay or something or, or – uh, or maybe a typical like an Entecap or something when he if he if he uh, when he gets healthy, um, something like that could, could kind of transpire and kind of give us like another uh, another Alex Ray opportunity where someone kind of rides that bike to a to some good finishes and and possibly some more support for 19. Um, but yeah, I mean you hate to see guys like Christian Craig who have such a big fan base and who are so talented and seem to be gelling well with their bike kind of just make a tumble like that and have it be you know season ending. So uh, tough one for him, you know wishing him a, a good recovery and hopefully uh, he'll be back before too soon and um, back up front and, uh, and trying to walk out some wins. Absolutely. I think that uh, with Toshiki Tamita uh, getting 14th place and riding under that rig, I think that uh, they probably will not uh, fill that spot. But I do understand uh, that uh, Ben LeMay will be on a different team for next this next weekend, uh, departing from the professional journey, TPJ Racing, and uh, will be under a different truck yet to be announced. I still, I believe he'll still be on Hondas, but uh, I think uh, he'll be um, getting to the races a little bit differently going forward. Oh, wow. Uh, that's uh, good for LeMay. I mean, I, ho- I hope the support is, a, is um, you know, right where he wants it and can help him uh, keep things going, and uh, that, that would be really, really cool to see. Um, I'd I, kind of interested in uh, Tomita. I haven't really heard much about him. I've seen a little bit here and there about, you know, some of the racing he's been over in Japan and stuff, but uh, I'd like to see him kind of start poking a wheel in for some top tens. That'd be really interesting. We haven't really had a a really super quick uh, Japanese rider uh, and past Japanese champion come and uh, really show these boys uh, some some good racing. Um, So I'm hoping, you know, that we can kind of get him in there and kind of pick off where Akita Narita kind of, you know, stepped in and, and, uh, and made, put Japanese riding on the market. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked to see, uh, to see him with the, with the 14th, uh, 15, 15, uh, I kind of expected him to do a little, little bit, little bit worse, but, um, you know, I, I'm the more riders that shut me up and, and move forward, the better I'm all four guys putting me in my place. So it'd be cool to see him kind of log out a, a, a top 10 and, uh, and make a name for himself. Absolutely. Well, the, with the way that injuries have gotten, you, there's no, uh, the sky's the limit for a guy like to, to, Toshiki Tamita. Uh, I do understand that, uh, um, from, from my understanding, basically, um, with Narita, Akira Narita, Narita, he's still racing. Yeah. The guy, the guy is, is well into it. He's gotta be close to 40. Um, oh yeah, he's he's definitely he's been racing in Europe forever, or sorry, you know, uh, Japan forever. And, yeah, I think um, that's the only he, reason why Toshiki's over here is that he's that he's not able to to knock down championships. He can't be that number one guy for Honda over there, so they kind of yeah. send him over here. But uh, I think it honestly probably helps him out to be over here racing uh, some 
some some high end talent to compare himself to on a weekly basis. I think that uh, uh, after a number of years doing this, I think he could possibly go back to the Japanese series and uh, and wrap up uh, a number of championships, uh, much like uh, Akira Narita has done for a number of years. That guy uh, has some serious speed, and uh, good to see uh, Toshiki over here. Honestly, if he continues this up, fifteen fifteen, uh, uh, like we'll, we'll he'll probably drop a number off of that. Uh, uh, that three-digit number for next year if he can if he keeps this up. Yeah, it'd be awesome to see. I mean, the more the more talent we get from up elsewhere uh, besides the U.S., the better. I mean, we see what what foreigners do for the sport. Man, we see what Muskin does for the sport and what Kenny brought. Um, you know, uh, riders for you know over over the years. Um, I mean, you name them. There's just tons of riders. Grant Langston. Uh, ben Townley, all these guys that really make our sport more global and bring a lot to the table, and it and it helps us be faster as well. So, um, you know, hopefully if that happens, we get some more Japanese riders. Hopefully, you know, we can grab hurlings over here to kind of battle it out and and snake off some wins too. So, um, yeah, I I really expect to see a lot of other guys since he's under that Honda rig and and um, he has that uh, that support behind him. So uh, we'll see. Only time will tell. Awesome, man. Well, as always, I really appreciate the time and uh, to the discussion to break down this last weekend in Glen Helen, the 250s, the 450s. We'll do it all again in one week's time after Colorado, then a little bit of a break. But uh, as always, Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience. Really appreciate the time, my friend. And uh, let's do this no again problem. in one week's time. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it.